Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome back. The Hold That Podcast podcast is back. Uh, man, it's been a crazy news week. We got a ton to break down on the show today. This is your favorite LSU football podcast. I'm your host, T-Bob Bear, joined by my co-host, The Athletics, Brody Miller. You said your host. Yeah. Yeah, I am the host, and you are my co-host. Let's be painfully clear. I am Batman... You are Batgirl. Huh, it's funny because uh, I'm pretty sure in a few weeks uh, you're going to be part of my company. Oh, wow. Wow, wow. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that's the saddest part is that your own company wouldn't even let you get a podcast there until Batman came in and had to show all us right, up. All let's, right, let's, that's not how that happened. I mean, yeah. that is not how that happened. Well, it certainly <laughs> looks like it. And what happened was I was like on the beat for like, I, mean, I had joined the company in July and we were launching all of our podcasts oh, in yeah? July and we uh-huh. weren't going to give it to a guy who just joined the company. We only rolled uh-huh. out like eight podcasts to start. They weren't going to give it to one of the new guys. All yeah, right? yeah, guess what? Exactly. Okay. Dick Grayson doesn't get to be Nightwing off the bat. He has to be Robin first. So thank you for p- making my point for me. Um, I am Batman. He is Robin, a.k.a. Brody Miller. Check him out at The Athletic. Uh, yeah, so some exciting news for us. We may pretty soon here be under The Athletic umbrella. We will see where this thing goes. But the we might be pretty mature that, on it, but who cares, you know? Yeah, We're but, the bad boys of The Athletic. So. We are the bad boys of The Athletic. It's kind of our thing. One of my requirements will be, though, y'all have to send me some merch. I, need some I actually was thinking about that this morning. I'm like, merch. do we have to push for that? Do we negotiate? Is that like your one thing on the phone? You're just like, I need merch. I need two things. I need some sweet merch. Yeah. Uh, I'm very into sweaters without hoods now. We don't, um, I, don't think, I don't know if we have any of those. Well, God damn it. I'm not. I'm a big, no, I'm a big nutty guy as well, but. Is that what they call them? Nutties? In high school, that's what we call them. No, wow. no hoodies, nutties. Oh, that's kind of funny. I never heard that before. Uh, yeah, so I want a nutty, and I want to be able to keep. Uh, I want to be able to keep a bear meats on here because you know, already know all your specialty meats right there in Bocage. A bear specialty meats. Go get yourself some stuffed chickens, my friend. I mean, e- even if they say you can't, like we could just be creative with how we work into conversations. Yeah, yeah. Because like, man, you know what that block was like. That was like a. It's like a, that was like a broccoli and cheese stuffed chicken right there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly Thank what you. that was. That's how I get it tasted. Also, my name's Bear, and I got some meat for you, Brody, that we're going to gnaw on today. We got a great show meat. coming up. Uh, so, uh, a few topics we're going to touch on today. Coach O bouncing the first pitch. Steve Barkowski offering some advice to Joe Burrow. Uh, analytics are back. Remember, the FPI is bullshit. It hates LSU. So, Brody will try to defend this which science that he is a fan of. I'm an SP Plus guy. We've been over this. Uh, and then Brody's going to dabble in a little round ball, a little hoops for the Miller the man. Indiana alum is coming out in me. Ah, I see. By the way, shout out to Indiana. Took one of three off LSU this weekend. Oh, yeah. How'd you feel about it? I didn't. Pretty fired up when that I don't like the way, huh? I don't like that we're like pushing the Brody's and IU fan thing. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, classic <laughs> journalist can't be a fan of anything. Just has to be a cynical bastard that shits on everything. But no, uh, yeah, no, he's got a good baseball program. Yeah, yeah, yeah not as good as LSU, Brody. Okay, two huh. one, baby. Who there, won the series? Yeah, but it's a bad look for LSU. It's a really young. It's a completely inexperienced IU team. And look just... at this IU fan. He knows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I won't pretend like I'm an IU fan, but I'm gonna break down the. Who's your baseball? I will. Team? I will provide one scolding hot take, and that is: oh, at a, if Jeff Mercer is still the coach at IU, which I think you will be, 
IU will make a college world series in the next eight years. Okay, I love it. You gave yourself a hell of a window there. It's a Big Ten school. They made two in the last 20 years. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. No, I think IU and Michigan are the only two to make it in, since like the 70s. Well, I will say this. Uh, then they don't move on for baseball. Uh, Jaden Hill throws 98 miles an hour. He's the goods. That's fucking insane. I mean, Jaden Hill looked like the best pitcher on the team last year as a freshman and then missed the whole season. That is so stupid. Also, Cole Henry looked really good. Uh, to be honest, though, I was at Disney all weekend, so I did not watch. What do you think about my uh, Mandalorian? I don't even notice it. That's great. It's subtle. You did it. Okay. God. I sincerely didn't know. I focus on your eyes when you talk to me. No, you did notice, and you're being sarcastic again, and I gave into it. I'm like the parasite mom. You keep I actually didn't in. notice. I don't really? know what you're thinking of me. You didn't know the, the, the ba- Well, I don't know. It's an aggressive. I just don't really, I'm not somebody who like, stares at people's shirts. Like, I don't, I'm bad at noticing things. Okay. Well, that's fair. Uh, I have a giant Mandalorian shirt. I got Baby Yoda on the front. Mandalorian in the back. Disney was awesome. Maybe we touch on it at the end. Let's dive into the story of the day, though. <laughs> Big one. Speaking of baseball. Yeah, sideways. Uh, Coach O threw out the first pitch in the baseball game Friday night. And the I've crowd watched was, it 30 times. Crowd was great. Um, a lot of juice. They had Coach O in the number one custom jersey saying Coach O on the back. Uh, it was so – you remember the video – I came out from senior night where they had the tracking shot on Joe Burrow, and it's just like this beautiful video that blew everybody's mind. It was awesome. Well, they did a similar tracking shot for this first pitch thing with O. Uh, suspiciously, it's not a continuous shot, though. There is a part in the middle that is cut out. It shows O walking out to the mound. It shows O pumping up the crowd, and then it immediately cuts to him walking off the mound a noticeable absence. Yeah, so what actually happened in the interim? Uh, he threw out a first pitch, and, well, he did the one thing you can't do when you throw out a first pitch. He bounced it well short of the plate. See, not, I mean, I get it. Not a great look, but I'm a believer that as long as it's like a solid line, as long as it's not like you're clearly like a weak arming it, you know, he threw a decent ball. It came in low. You bounced, you one-hopped it, didn't you? So that's what I was going to say. I love I the spin zone from you because I'm right there. Uh, I, I was very fond am I, of Am I going to claim it was a great throw? No. I, I I'm watching it right now. He had some decent velocity on it. He went from the rubber. But Actually, I want to start at the beginning here because there's a lot to really admire here. Okay. I mean, he really sold it. I'll give it to him. He came in. First, he goes up and does a little spitball on it. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which I was like, I'm curious. <laughs> Because I tweeted something the day prior saying that when someone said he was throwing out the first pitch, I'm like, story coming, you know, just a joke tweet of like, story coming tomorrow and Ed Ogeron's days as a middle reliever at South Lafouche High School as a, as a, and I said, with a tricky spitball. Oh, look at <laughs> did, did you. Did I inspire the LSU football forces to be like, all right, you know what be funny, Ed? Do a little spitball action on that. So he starts a little spitball. That's a good gimmick. Probably gets a little Great laugh. gimmick. <laughs> then he goes in, and he he goes in with like an old like 1960s satchel page. But like it's like an old school windup. He's like bent over with the ball <laughs> in his like crotch kind of thing where it's like, and he does like an old school windy back and forth windup. I like that. He's having fun with it. He's leaning into it. Mo Hampton's catching. Mo Hampton even gives him a sign. That's a fun little bit. Did he shake him off? <laughs> I can't I, I, I want to say when I saw the video, he shook him off the first time, and then he takes the second pitch, which another – all the showmanship was there. All the showmanship yep, he did. was there. Yep, he did. He gave it a little shake off. Yeah, he really sold it, which I think my point is here to say it makes up for the bounce. Cause, and then last thing I'll say, 
he power walks. He doesn't even. He does like the Nick Young that that uh, meme of Nick Young taking a jump <laughs> shot and like he walks Turned off without around. and he misses the shot. <laughs> That's him. He starts walking with a fist in the air like he just hit a game winning three. Even it doesn't even look to see he one hops. Well, up. what you're what you're touching on here are all the elements that make O a great recruiter, right? Despite the fact that he did the Spins one thing out. you can't do. When you're throwing out the first pitch, he still very much got the crowd pumped up. He he made the video go viral with his kick ass on three breakdown with the baseball team afterwards. Everybody loved that part I didn't of it. I see that. Well, uh, yeah. So immediately when he walks off the mound, he walks over and gets in the baseball huddle, and you can tell he's like he's pretty fired up at this point. He's got he a had a rain juice. energy or a monster. Yeah. yeah, he's got a little juice in him, and 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 he basically gives him like a little little pregame speech, and then breaks it down, kick ass on three. And you can tell, I mean, if, if you're the baseball guys, and and I'm sure they love Coach Maneri, but uh, it's got to be just a little bit of a different change of pace having Coach O in that huddle breaking you down to post Paul Maneri and Coach O are slightly different demeanors. I'm not, you know, there's a lot well, of parallels I maybe. Just, uh, you know, Ed, just, it was the, I think the guys really liked it. Uh, they, they they seem to, the baseball boys. And I, I, but to your point, Brody, um. You know, there's an old saying, you are the company you keep, correct? Where's this going? Well, I know of three people that have bounced first pitches at LSU. Ed Ogeron, Devin White, and T-Bob Bear. You know who didn't? Who? Scooter Hobbs. Exactly. I mean, exactly. I'd rather be in company with Scooter any day. Well, guess what? All that means is that, and yes, Ow. mine was at a softball game, but but oh yeah, I too went full wind up from the rubber. So me and O we're we're both full sin, no half stepping in the hole. We're going all out, and I don't want to brag here, but as I said, I just want to reinforce the names: Ed Ogeron, Devin White. T. Bob Abear, a lot, lot. We have a lot in common. This is just one, you know, one small. Just one of the many in the Venn diagram yes, going on there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, you know, no one's going to ask me to throw a first pitch, and that's fine. But let's just say I don't think I'd want to hop it. Oh, 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 oh wow! I was a baseball player my whole life. Okay, were you? Oh yeah. So yeah, you probably would. My brother was an all-American pitcher. It's oh, in the blood. Damn. See, <laughs> my but, brother was a minor leaguer. Yeah. Yeah, but here's the deal. And I was a, I was a good baseball player. I know. I believe you have a. You look like you have a lettuce. You look like a baseball player. Um, was not a pitcher though. <laughs> but you're also okay. But you're also then if that's where you come from, you're dealing with the burden of a bloodline there. Like because because your brother's a pitcher, because you're a baseball player, if you fuck it up, then it's especially bad. Like yeah, oh, oh, fuck yeah. it up. No, you're absolutely right. It's all good. He's a D lineman. We're just big brutes out there messing around. If you come from a baseball background and you fuck it up, you're done. It kind of reminds me of so obviously my brother was five years older than me, so he was like a big deal, obviously. And I came up to high school after he had left, and I remember mm. I go I go up to tryouts, you know, for high school team, and they like the first day of tryouts, they put me in the varsity pitching group, <laughs> and they're like Quentin's brother, he's a pitcher. I'm like, I'm for some, I wasn't even a pitcher, and they're, I'm like, this is awesome, like this is going really well. Am I stud? Am I the goods? And I go up there, and like they look, watch me pitch for like a day, and it's like, I back the freshman team, I think it's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, that's. Uh, it's, that's why I was always happy not to play quarterback in football, so Ooh, I didn't have yeah. to deal with uh, any of those expectations or whatnot. Uh, speaking of, the technically something I'll touch on with the XFL. What I'm quickly realizing about the XFL is not having the burden of 
like traditional fanhood or the burden of just like you can be so wild and free with your takes and passions right now oh, in yeah. the XFL that it is no one's fact checking you. Yes, there's no burden. And of you're the not past. even you can't even really be wrong. Yeah, no it's, burden of history. Whatever you say is right. Whatever you say, it's 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 great. Like so, I could come out with a Matt McGloin take that's like you know Matt McGloin really is the key to their season, like the Guardian season, and you know he's him being benched was a mistake. Nobody can really. <laughs> Nobody can really come out and like oh, strongly man. disagree with me. We'll talk some McGloin. But yeah, so that's all to say that Coach O, terrible first pitch, but all the trappings around it were excellent. Um, LSU, not a lot. So last week we talked about how like you know you you trust in the <laughs> yeah news you cycle. literally said <laughs> you trust in the news cycle and like manna from heaven. Sometimes you'll be wandering the desert, but it will provide. This is actually probably the 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 slowest news cycle that we have had since we started right yes but but yesterday uh we got a little juice we just got a little bit of juice here blame it on the juice came from fort worth uh the davy o'brien ceremony they were honoring joe burrow i guess they honor the current winner and then they honor a legend of the past that legend is Steve Bartkowski. Do you remember Bartkowski at all? Like, obviously, I'm, I'd be lying if I said I remember, but yes, I know Steve Bartkowski. But you do know you do know who he is? I mean, I, yeah. I, I just didn't know because I only know because of uh, my own Atlanta ties growing up. But uh, I think, was he a Cal Golden Bear? He was a Cal Golden Bear. Yeah, Cal Golden Bear, number one overall pick to the Falcons. Um, they actually went to an NFC championship eventually in his tenure. Played 11 years, but, you know, I, I, an Atlanta Falcons, great. But despite that, Steve Barkowski came out and said that he believes that Joe Burrow should pull an Eli Manning. And where this becomes even a bit more interesting is while Joe Burrow's been very much, you know, if they pick me, they pick me. And he said that again yesterday. He did say he has leverage. That was the big. He says, I have leverage. They have leverage. Basically goes on as I'm paraphrasing here. You know, we're early on in the process. We've done the combine. I'm in a unique position where my tape has already proven myself, and I don't have to prove myself at these events. But I, I'm not crazy, right? It is a bit out of the ordinary to hear our first pick talking about how they have leverage. This whole last like month of different different people, you know, nitpicking every quote Joe Burrow's made for the past month has been really interesting. It's the way of the road. <clears throat> because at the end of the day, he actually hasn't said a goddamn word of relevance. He is pretty much saying the exact same thing every single time. But the problem, is, and basically what he says is, if they pick me, they pick me and I'll play for him. Like, that's all he says. Now, that does, does the not... the leverage s- thing change that, though? <clears throat> yes. Okay. It does. Yeah. But my thing is, like, that that does not sound convincing if you're a Bengals fan at all. No. Like if every because he keeps repeating it and it's like he's not saying anything inherently wrong, but that does not sound like you want to play also, there. Like he's a hometown guy, and so you would think that he would be a little more like, like if I'm a Bengals fan, if I'm approaching from a Bengals fan mindset, I thought he might be like, yeah, you know, I think it's I think it's actually really cool that like Cincinnati is the first pick, and I'm from there, and I might play for them or something. But you're not getting any of that. So. Exactly, and you're not. And my, my my assumption is he's getting trained really well by PR people and management and all that, and just say you just do not say anything any one way or another because you just never know how it might backfire. So just play the middle as much as you possibly can. That's my guess. And granted, it's not coming out good, but who will care if he goes to the Bengals and all goes well? Who cares what he says? But the leverage thing is interesting. And both his parents on different outlets of both com- both Robin and Jimmy Burrow have come out saying. I don't know where this narrative comes from. It's completely untrue. Uh, he doesn't want to play for the Bengals, and they all keep getting really mad at it. 
But then whenever Joe's asked about it, it's always just something really ambiguous. Mm. So I don't know what's going on there. Where that where <laughs> that gets interesting to me is that let's say that he's not let's say that he's not actually thinking like like let's say that the leverage thing really was innocent, right? And it was just him just basically saying, Oh, he's no, a thought out like, guy. He loves talking about yeah, that yeah, no, player like, rights. And then yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. And maybe he's just saying that, no, look, I'm you know, I'm a pretty surefire first pick here. Like if I wanted to, I have some weight that I could throw around, then this is a great lesson for him. It's just like how everything that you say will be picked apart. It's like the Delta CEO the other day who for some unknown reason decided to weigh in on the seat leaning back controversy, and he said that you should ask before you lean your seat back. I agree, actually. Which, of course, yes, but exactly. In a but normal, why weigh in? Normal conversation amongst normal people, absolutely, we can have. If you're the Delta CEO, your your words carry an immense amount of weight. The internet loves to hate shit. And, and, right, alone and, airlines. And, and of course, yeah, exactly. And of course, as soon as you said that, everybody's like, well, then why the, like, you know, why the fuck are the seats so tight? Why do you let us lean your seats back if we have to ask to lean it back? And so it blew up in his face. You have the MLB commissioner. Who wants to say, who calls the, the trophy a hunk of metal and, you know, what is asking for a hunk of metal? What does that really do? And the thing is, I agree with him. Like, an asterisk is bullshit. Vacating wins is bullshit. Getting a hunk of metal back is bullshit. But it's still, it's it, there, there's still a reason why people do those things. And it's because you're, like, desperate for any sense of justice. Yes. And you have all these baseball fans that feel like they have no justice. And now they feel like you're demeaning the trophy. And now you got players. Like, so when you are in these positions of power, you have to be really fucking careful nowadays because just one ill-timed phrase can can well turn to a new cycle like like th th this whole thing with burrow barkowski the leverage quote that was all over get up this morning yep. they circled back to it like three different times and so if you're joe burrow maybe it was more calculated i mean i i think it was kind of purposeful shot a little bit not, not a I shot see, at yeah. cincinnati i think it was a statement made with purpose behind it but if it was not what a weird experience if you were actually Joe Burrow, where you just said something that you thought was kind of offhand, and all of a sudden, because it's a slow news day, you have dictated the next day's news cycle. It's why, like, Roger Goodell, for example, or Mark Elmert comes to mind, too, or, pe or people like that, learned a long time ago, just stay away. Yeah. Let the world hate you, because guess what? No matter what you say, even if you say the perfect thing, their mind's made up on you. They're going to hate you just for what you stand for and what you represent. So just don't say a word and it will go way easier than if you don't. And I'm not saying Joe Burrow should do that, but I'm just saying like, that's the well, lesson. It's, it's sad, too, because like we want more out of those people. But, but then, we do not reward it. Yeah, but then whenever it comes, we When we, people we are transparent, them. we shit on it. Yeah. But and the Joe Burrow thing is funny because, I mean, we all know he does He's really good. We always say this. He's really good with the media. He's fantastic with it, but he hates every second of anything he has to do with the media. And, yeah. and I mean, you talk to people, and I mean, you talk to anyone around. Like, by the end of that cycle, he was like, I just want this over with. I just can't wait to not have to do this anymore. And I kept saying back to those people, does he realize it's going to get so much worse in the NFL? In college, you only are really required to talk once a week tops. It's true. And sometimes he got away with not talking at all. He had to do like award circuits, sure, but he really didn't have to do much. In the NFL, you have to talk all the time in yeah. open locker rooms. Especially the court, quarterback every day. I mean, Drew Brees every single day is just surrounded with people getting asked the same questions it's over. It's going to be so much worse. And over again. And he then if you're on a team that's struggling, you're going to be dealing with just questions that you feel like are shitting on you 24-7. Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that, that's that's his life from from now on. That's, that's what comes. That's one of the... Um, 
I guess negative parts, like there's all the great parts, like money, and <laughs> if you're into fame, like that's awesome, or maybe you're just into playing football, and now you get to get paid millions to do it, but you know, you, you got to deal with the shit that you don't like as well. So now let's get to the actual question, though, of like, where do you stand on this whole like Joe Burrow shit? Because I need to go full transparency here. I think that's important. I was theoretically raised a Bengals fan my yes, whole life. Yes, he's a big Bengals fan. <laughs> I mean, like my love for it's kind of died down a smidge over the years. You have yeah. a tattoo, don't you? <laughs> yes. Not uh, lower back, not butt. Mm, but I actually got a uh, I got an LSU tattoo directly on my butthole. How'd that work? Um, I did it like a ring. Do so you it's use like the hole for anything? Tattoo. Like, are you using the hole to like be part of the tattoo? No, no, no. The 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 LSU circles around the hole, so it's like a little target. It's probably kind of confusing. It's like a little target. No, I mean, like you down there, you know, you know what it is. You know what it is. Right. And now I think that it would have been funnier if I said that I had Mike's head. That would have worked way better. Hole where the mouth that would have been fantastic. Hole. Yeah, ah, but, you, miss, you know, <laughs> we got to workshop these things. Um, but. So yeah, I do need to be transparent. There you are, Bengals. I am theoretically. So my 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 mindset might be a little skewed, but it also means I know the roster a little better. Okay, it is. Wait, let me try to name three Bengals. You know more than three Bengals. Um, AJ Green, of course. Geno Atkins. Um, AJ Green, Geno Atkins, obviously Andy Dalton, but uh, but I'm not I'm not counting him. Let me try to get one more. You got is Pac Man still there? No. Vontez Perfect's not there. No. You, when I say a few, uh, you'll know. Andrew Whitworth's not there. Uh, I wish. Uh, I'm done. Joe Mixon? Oh, yeah. Joe Mixon's like Joe a top Mixon. five NFL back yeah, right I know. now. I hate him. I mean, for good reason. Uh, Tyler Boyd's a really good young receiver. Just got a big deal. Okay. Uh, so Ohio State's some of Burrow's teammates. Uh, Sam Hubbard's there. He's actually looking like a stud right okay, now. Okay, I'm bored now. I'm bored. Now go go on with the They're actually better ones. I was just thinking <laughs> I was just thinking of Burrow. That just came up for Burrow. <laughs> but, uh... Tyler okay, Reifert. so you're a Bengals fan, though. So, oh, Tyler Reifert, there you go. So no, you're okay. a Bengals fan. So, so the criticism, all criticism of the Bengals organization is completely fair. They have the smallest scouting department in the NFL. They have, like, and much smaller than everyone else. Really? <laughs> they just have, it's not even, like, the money they spend on free agents, which that too, but it's just, like, the money they spend on little things that most football teams do to be better, yeah. they just are behind on. Yeah, they, they cheaply re- run. <laughs> exactly. And there's a reason for that. It's because... They are owned by the son of Paul Brown. They, Paul Brown founded the Bengals, and then his son, Mike Brown, runs it. And aside from the Packers, the Bengals – actually, the Packers are even like – that's a different thing. The Bengals are really the only pro sports team that I know of that the owner – that are owned by somebody that their only business that that company has is the sports team. Yes. So yeah. it's like, you know, like, for example, I don't know, the, the Clippers, Steve Ballmer. He's only able to spend the money that he's making off of the actual <laughs> exactly. Bengals. That's his it's business. It's not like Steve Ballmer who's like with the Clippers, like – yeah, or like David Tepper, the guy who just bought the Panthers. Who I can or just throw whatever I want on it. Yeah, so that leads to a little cheapness. But and they also they're not big on free agency. They're big on re-signing their own guys. They will, but they don't like free agency. So that's all fair. I would also say though, first off, let's go look at the roster. It's the all defense is a mess. There's a lot to fix, and they're not good. I understand that the worst team in the NFL for a reason. But the pieces he actually has some pretty interesting pieces to play with. If you're a quarterback, you have AJ Green who. Most signs are pointing to will be back either on a franchise tag or a contract or something like yeah. that. It's one of the best receivers in football. Absolutely. Tyler Boyd, obviously Green's missed a lot of time lately, but Tyler Boyd has become a, a Pro Bowl-ish caliber receiver, just got a big deal, really good slot receiver. That's two really good targets. That's fair. Joe Mixon, despite your thoughts on him, is a top five, six, seven yes. NFL running back. If I, yes. That's yeah. a lot of skill players right there. I mean, Eifert too, right? Did you say Eifert's Eifert? Eifert's probably gone, okay, but okay, they really okay. like their tight end, C.J. Uzoma, for example. And also... Like Another big, big thing. Big Bengals guy right here. I mean, he's a good player. Yeah. 
they just with the first round pick last year, they took Jonah Williams, the stud offensive lineman from Alabama. That was going to be my next question: who, is how, what's the quality of the O line like right now? Most of it, not great. Okay. It got better. They have had a lot of young pieces. Like Williams missed all of his first season. He like before season even started, got injured. Obviously, it's a question. But Jonah Williams was the consensus best lineman in last year's draft. Yeah. So you have theoretically your left tackle of the future. That's pretty big. So when I look at that offense, I don't see some utter mess. I really don't. And That's everyone fair. knows. In the NFL, once you have a, if you ever find a star quarterback and you have him on a rookie co- contract for five years, that changes everything about your franchise day one. Yeah, I mean so, that's, that's what uh, Seattle did. That's what the Rams did Eagles. here recently. The Eagles, we've seen it a few times. So anyway, that's my long rant to say it's a bad what do you organization. Think about Zach Taylor, I think what I've seen so far is he's a solid coach. That team was bad. I don't blame him for that season. Um, the players and everyone in that organization seems to genuinely think highly of him. That might not mean anything, but it does seem like the reviews on what he did last year were actually like, he did a good job. Okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't have any great Zach Taylor takes either. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, so do you have, what, what, what about this? There's this idea out there that the Bengals ruined quarterbacks. Is that unfair? Mm, I've, I've seen I that. I don't see that. Yeah, exactly. Look at their last I, I two. Yeah, right. That's, that's Carson what I was Palmer was too. a weird situation. They clearly Carson Palmer wasn't happy because they weren't putting the money into things like that. And Carson Palmer also went to several Pro Bowls. Was one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL for a while. I think. Remember, let's not forget that. Remember, two thousand five was that offense with him, Chad Johnson, Hushmanzada, Chris Henry, that loaded elite pass attack. Looked like Carson Palmer was about to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And then Kimo Van Olhoffen rolls into his knee in the playoffs. Remember, they made the playoffs mm. in 05. And then he goes out, and that kind of set back him back for two years. And he ended up being a good quarterback for a while. He did retire <laughs> his way out of Cincinnati. He did not want to be there. You know what's funny? I remember <laughs> part of it was like, Bengals don't do the things that you need to do to win. And I remember Marvin Lewis, who obviously was a coach there for a long time, and before that was Pittsburgh and Baltimore, two of the best organizations in the NFL. Yeah. And he's, he, he said publicly, and I'm not sure I agree with Marvin Brown, but it's just it's food for thought. He was like, Carson, I've been to both those places you talk about. We don't do that much different than them. Who, Marvin Lewis said, he that? said that? I don't know if uh, I buy okay. that, but I'm just saying it's interesting. And then you have Andy Dalton, who's a second-round pick, who made like four, I know everyone likes to shit on them for not ever winning playoff games and all that, but yeah, we forget. Success. They, they made, made the like playoffs seven, like four yeah, times with Andy yeah, Dalton. Yeah, like, no, I thought they made it like, didn't they make it like, oh, well, maybe this trans, maybe this goes to both quarterbacks. But they made the playoffs like seven years in a row or something, didn't not they? Not seven in a row, but probably like six out of eight, nine years. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was pretty consistent <laughs> they were, success. They were, the Bengals have been consistently good for upwards of 10 to 12 years until about 2018. Yeah, which sounds kind of crazy <laughs> when you think about who they were One, when two, I was growing three, up. Four, five. They made seven times under Marvin Lewis, and it was in the span of about 12 years. Okay, okay. Yeah, so, I mean, pretty uh, better than when Marvin Lewis got there and they, they were, were a train wreck, garbage. yeah. That's anyway. That's a long, drawn out way of saying like I don't think it's some disaster that he needs to leave, but I get it. So what do you? Yeah. So do you? How do you feel like on principle about a first pick, kind of trying to flex their way out of a position that they may not like? Well, the two most famous examples that worked out pretty well for him. So I will say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. John Elway went to the Broncos, won two Super Bowls, one of the greatest of all time. Eli Manning. No matter your thoughts on him, a polarizing guy. Who was Elway going to end up on? Was Colts. It the, Bron- the Colts. And that was, uh, and that's the Indianapolis Colts that are now. Or is the Baltimore Colts? Is the, the Baltimore Colts yeah. that are now the Indianapolis Colts? It was the great. Uh, it was yeah. Anyway, they were a train wreck at the time, and then obviously the Eli did not want to go to the Chargers and went to the Giants and won two Super Bowls. So, I I get it. I guess I just uh, yeah I get it too. What? Uh, 
So what separates what why is it that some guys can command that and others cannot? Is it just do the others not I just don't think maybe, many have tried. Okay, you just think that others are just more accepting like whatever. I mean that man. takes a lot. And like let's yeah, go cuz you got to eat a lot of shit. Elway if had he the does le- do this. He's going to eat a lot of he's shit. He's going to eat a lot. Elway had the leverage of being like I can go play for the Yankees. Remember he was a baseball player. Oh, yeah, that's right. And Eli Manning, I think a lot of that had to do with Archie was, from what I understand, right? That's what history says, that he was kind of pulling a lot of strings there, yeah, and he the was the one that... was like, nah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. It's just some inter- I, I don't want to sit on it any longer. I feel like we said our piece. It is interesting, though, that Steve Barkowski, who was a number one pick, talked specifically about how when he got to Atlanta, it was just fucking brutal... And that, and then he mentioned that Atlanta was just a, basically just a poorly run organization until Arthur Blank ended up yeah. buying the team, in O two. But I mean, he says like his first three years, he's like I spent more time in surgery and and recovery yeah. than than I did throwing touchdowns. Or look at Derek Carr for example. I mean, sorry, David Carr for example. Yeah. yeah, if he went anywhere else, maybe he's a good quarterback. All right, so we'll we'll we'll, we'll watch uh, what how this story increases over the next few weeks because it's only going to get. More and more juice. Um, Blame it on the juice. Next on the list, Brody, you love numbers, and it is numbers season. Something about FPI and S&P. What's going on? Why did you want to talk? Well, I just want to bring it up because it's been on Twitter a lot. So I'm saying what just came out. So last week, Bill Connolly came out with his, you know, his... First, he came out with his returning production rankings, which I think is actually that's not that's not his SP plus and all that. But I just think that's a fascinating metric to look at going into yeah. a season. But then he also came out with his preseason SP plus rankings, and ESPN came out with their FPI rankings. And FPI and SP plus, no matter your thoughts on them, are pretty much the two foremost college football analytic metrics for just overall rankings. I'll buy S and P earn that on merit. Has FPI earned that on merit, or is it just like QBR, where it's just because it's ESPN's in-house stat? Probably a you know little more saying? of that. I've never been a huge what, FPI guy. What do guy. the analytics guys think about FPI? Oh, I mean, I think, yeah. I mean, I, I've talked to people who actually think respect it quite a bit. But, yeah, my creed, I will always be more loyal to SP Plus, and you yeah. know that. But yeah. I don't think they look at it as Fuck a joke. You, FPI. But, yeah, so obviously what we're bringing up is now that Twitter has been pretty angry that FPI has LSU at number 12. First off, I don't even think that's that crazy. <laughs> like, like LSU's losing everybody. I don't think you can blame a metric for thinking LSU's going to drop to top 15. <laughs> like, I don't think that's that absurd. But SP Plus has LSU at number six. Coach O hit squad's <laughs> coming for you if you don't get if you don't get very careful. Very bad. Wait, SP has them at number six though. Yeah. See, told you, S&P, Bill Connolly, the best, way better metric. Uh, I'm a huge Bill Connolly guy. No, the FPI though, if you remember, that did trigger people last year yes, as well they, because as, as LSU was undefeated and they had just beaten Alabama, and the FPI still had Alabama above them in the index. I look, I have no problem. First, for like SP plus, no matter what, everything that happened, Ohio State and Clemson were still ahead of LSU. Yeah, and and I get it. It's they're they're predictors of future events, not necessarily yes. what has happened. And, um, I'll, and I'll always use the 2018 season as one of the better examples because like LSU was undefeated six. To know number two team in the country or whatever they were, and SP Plus was like, "Hey, we think LSU's good. We're not disagreeing, but we think they're like the fifteenth best team in the country." Yeah, and guess what? LSU was pr- like when you really look at the overall scheme of that season, they were probably like the number nine, ten-ish team in the country. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess my my I, and I said this last year. I have no problem with FPI and SP S and P and using all these things because I think they're fascinating and I do love people trying to take this world that we live in and break it down into numbers. The only issue that I have is when ESPN then wants to use FPI in like the 
playoff ranking discussion. Yeah. Like, like this should be a core piece of figuring out because it's like, well, no, I mean, that's you know, this is a this is a system that is still maybe not flawed, but you know, it is kind of. I mean, well, just by you know, it's, it can't be perfect. You're trying, like you said, you're trying to quantify real life, and so I have no issue with coming out with them, and I love seeing all the numbers, but. Yeah, don't use them in my playoff discussions. So were you? So you were not surprised to see that FBI had LSU outside the. Top well, I 10. think my takeaway is just like, how can you really be like, just like get mad at a ranking for a team that's losing ninety percent of its production yeah, to drop them? Like, I think LSU is going to be fine. By the way, I just don't get what world it is that twelve is like an insult. I think I mean the fifteen and oh natty <laughs> champs world, bro. Yeah, and like it's all going to solve itself. First off, like they play te- number like, for example, Texas number seven in the FPI right now. So that's what I was, so that's going to be solved pretty quickly. Is that a red flag on the FPI that they have Texas being back? Uh, no, because even Bill Connolly, when his breakdown was saying like he thinks Texas is a he's about fourteen, but he thinks Texas is also a little underrated going into the season. So I think like everyone kind of agrees Texas is actually going to be better than people realize this year, but. Which everybody thought after they won the Sugar Bowl as well. But I mean, my, 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 the main thing I'd say is, like, when you look at the FBI, I mean, I think most people in the country kind of agree, and I think both rankings are pretty similar here, that some combination of Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson are going to be pretty damn good this year. Yeah, so right now the ESPN FBI top 10, Clemson number one, yes. makes sense. Ohio, Ohio State number two, makes yeah. sense. Oklahoma number three. I don't know if I agree, but yeah. It makes sense in that they will be there, but the Big 12 is having, I think, some... They're, they're, they're looking a little weaker with how Oklahoma's shown up yeah, in all these no playoff doubt. games. Yeah. Like, like they're 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 running the risk of running into Notre Dame disease, where it's like, are we going to keep putting them in these games if they keep getting blown and if out? You, and just to give more SP plus love, they have an eight. Oh, so that, probably, that probably sounds more accurate. FPI, dude. <laughs> fucking... <laughs> Stupid index. But what I was going to say was... That's what it stands for. I, I think most of college football kind of agrees. Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson are probably the three yeah. best teams. So Alabama's at four FPI. Sorry, I'm just running down the list. Yeah, sure. Uh, Penn State at five. Nice I just job. think once you get past three, four, I think like five through 15 is all pretty up for debate. And that's really what I mean. So mm. whether you put LSU at number six or you put them at number 14, whatever you want to do, I don't think anyone can really call you like crazy or get mad or really act like it's some injustice. While you're being absolutely logical and level-headed <laughs> uh, and the nuance that you're engaging with is spot on, um, we don't want that here. We want to be as inflammatory as possible. So Penn State at five, uh, Wisconsin six. This is where it gets surprising, Texas seven. Texas A&M at eight? Sell me on A&M. I'm guessing that you're actually pretty high here on what A&M's got returned. I'm high on A&M, yeah. I think A&M, I think Jimbo's a good coach. Yep. I think last year was a, last year was one of those teams where they were like, every like advanced metric, I think both of them had them, like, you know, the 2025 range, like they considered them a half-decent team, but they had the hardest schedule I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah, it was a terrible schedule. It was ridiculous. They played everybody schedule. in the regular season. No doubt. And they went like 7-5, and five. and that's kind of what you'd expect in that schedule. And actually, they played some of those games better than you'd think. They bring everyone back. It's year three of Jimbo. Jimbo's been recruiting really well there, so he's, he's stocking up a lot of clear weaknesses there. I'm not saying I think A&M's going to compete for a title. I'm not saying that. But I think it's pretty fair to expect they can be a top 15 team this year. Okay, and then you got uh, Notre Dame at number nine, and Georgia at number 10. Surprised that Georgia's not higher up? Yeah, SP Plus has them at number four. I'm surprised, but that's another thing where like it's probably hard for the FBI to really, you know, they're replacing everybody on offense except one starter. Their star quarterback, who I think will be really good, Jamie Newman, is is a transfer from Wake Forest. You know, you have a new offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin, coming from the NFL. You know, there's a lot of unknowns, so I can understand a metric not really like quantifying that well. But yeah, SP Plus has it at number f- four. 
I think Georgia's a top five team next year, no doubt. I think so. Okay, so then let's talk about returning production. And this is what I find fascinating. Because okay, yeah, so can you take it? <laughs> and I would say, keep in mind if you want to yell at it that LSU was number like five in the country last year, or something like that, in returning production. Yeah, they had everybody come back. Remember, <laughs> like two years ago, they had no, but we it was nothing but question marks entering the year, and then this season, you knew every position. And guess what? It showed to be pretty accurate. They yeah. ended up winning the national championship. It's not a perfect metric because I want to be clear. Like Alabama, most of their time, this probably is not a fair thing because Alabama is kind of an exception to the rule. But Alabama is always pretty low on that because they're always losing a ton of mm-hmm. talent every year and they always do fine. You know, like LSU, Clemson, Alabama, all of them are pretty low on returning production this year. But it, all, my point is just to say that LSU is number 127 out of 130 this year. Damn. That's a lot. I'm not saying that means LSU is going to be bad. I just mean, hey, let's keep that in mind. That's probably a good indicator of a lot of things. 127? But I'd also say if you look at, there aren't many elite teams that are actually ranked high this year. You know what I mean? USC is the highest power five when I, no, not the highest power five, but the highest good team I can find. They're number five. And I think USC is going to be good this year, actually. You do? Oh, yeah, I think their offense is going to be nasty. Are they, are they screwed because of this recruiting class this year, though? That'll I mean, screw them in three years. That's what I'm saying, them. like long term. Yeah, like, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's going to take a lot to come back from. But USC's going to be good this year. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma State's nine. That's interesting. The Hoosiers are 11. We'll move on from that. <laughs> nine wins? Nine win Indiana? Nine you win. think so? Yeah, Big Ten West. Big Ten East is just too hard. Oh, damn. Um, but like A&M's 16th in returning production. That's why they're so high. Uh, Nebraska's 17. I think Nebraska will have a better year this year. Texas is 21. Things like that. Kentucky's 25. I didn't know that. Anyway, I'm kind of rambling, but I'm saying I just think it's... No, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to... This is good range finding. This is giving us some context it's, as to where... In the main context, I'd say is be aware that LSU's losing a lot, but also be aware that none of the top teams in the country have high returning productions this year. So it might be pretty fluid. Uh, you know what is the most shocking thing that I read over the weekend? Tell me what the most shocking thing you read this weekend is. Is that Joe Burrow only threw 16 touchdowns in 2018? I'd also say he only threw, like, what, four interceptions? What the fuck? Yes, he threw, I think he threw five. I think it was 16 five. But, like, it, what? 16? It was crazy. To 60? Like, I, I, I realized in after hearing that that I had retroactively, and by the way, I think I... I think it came from a Ted Nguyen article yeah. from The Advocate, which is just so good. Uh, he does great work, me, yeah. Athletic. Uh, his <laughs> film breakdown of Burrow was, f- like, it is, it's football porn, um, if you're into it. This this one clip of Burrow helping out his pass rush by flattening the pocket with a fake step up in the pocket to then backing back out was how he broke it. Anyway, it's a great article by Ted. But, but when I read that 16 touchdowns, I was shocked. <laughs> I had retroactively worked into my brain that he had thrown like 20 or 30 last year. Yeah. And that's why we felt so good about him going into 2019. It is wild what I, this year has done to my brain. It is funny, though, because I do think like the stats, people who keep using the 2018 stats to be like, Burrow, this crazy turnaround, which it was. I'm not arguing that. Yeah. But like some of it's a little kind of misguidance. Clearly people who like maybe didn't watch the games too closely and things like that because anyone who watched those games – I, I don't know. I thought Burrow did, made a lot out of very little in 2018. Yeah. He didn't throw touchdowns, but LSU was a terrible red zone team last year. Like, they were, I mean, 2018, they were awful in the red zone. Yeah. So, he got to the red zone a lot, and they didn't finish drives. That's not quite, in, so, like, the touchdown numbers are going to seem like a smidge worse than they should. I mean, because I look at it and see, all right. And he finished hot. No, look, like there, there finished are, vi- I'm spitting everywhere today. There are. I, I do it all. Yeah, bro, you didn't got to worry. I, this is a new rate, though. I had. I used to have to go to uh, speech therapy when I was younger because I, I still spit <laughs> everywhere when I say my S's and my P's. Um, oh, 
S is NPs. Plus. NP plus. But it's it's still, though. Yes, I agree with you. Like, the context of the season is better that. But, but 16 I know, touchdowns? I, know. I don't even know what What happens if Miles Brennan throws 16 <laughs> touchdowns next year? They, they, they cancel will, football. There will be riots in the street. They're just canceling They it. will burn down the new football lobs. They'll, They'll make fishing and hunting illegal in Louisiana so Miles Brennan can't enjoy things anymore. They will make effigies of Scott Linehan and, and flame them to the sky. Like, it, it will be... Actually, is the, is the flaming... is like... The burning is inherent in an effigy, right? Like yeah. if I if I say something is an effigy, it that's has how people to be usually burned. use it. They usually say burning an effigy. So but, okay, so maybe not. Anyway, uh, whatever. Point being, talk. Uh, if they were to throw, it, it, times have changed. If you were to throw sixteen touchdowns again, you would not feel positively at all about anything. And we came out of twenty eighteen, and we were like. Yeah, Bradley Burrow's going to be a breakout year. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think going to be good next year. Yeah, like you said, I think you had a good point that the end of the season was a huge part of that. He ended the season averaging like 380, 300-something, like high yeah. 300 yards a game, was running the ball well. That's big. By the way, you just brought up a random thought I want to say that I don't, I don't even know if I'm getting to anything, but I just know this is like something you'll enjoy. Scott Linehan has been criticized for being old-fashioned, this kind of old guy going from a 30-year-old to a 56-year-old, yeah. all that stuff. I understand why. It's all probably pretty valid if you look at the Cowboys' offenses, blah, yada, yada. 56 years old. <laughs> Georgia, the entire storyline right now of like this offseason is they're finally going modern. They're finally getting some like an, an offensive mind. That's good. And by the way, I think it's real because Todd Munkin's a really good offensive yeah, mind. Yeah. And he, all these things. He, they're going to go spread finally. Todd Munkin's 54. Yeah. So... Don't use the age thing. That's no, what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, yeah. The age thing. <laughs> you, the, criticism's fair. Age, no. Well, that goes back to the point you made on the pod a few <laughs> weeks ago about the template. Like, you can't be married to a template. And the age is kind of the main, uh, one of the main factors in that. Ooh, and also, when you're- Breaking a, news. Da, 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 da. True Breeze announced he will return for the 2020 season. Uh, okay. Okay. So, uh, we expected it, but it's still nice to hear. Shout out. Um, but, yeah, also, I've been thinking a lot about the Linehan hiring and just, like, kind of the nature of- how do you judge an NFL coach when they come to college? And it can be kind of tough to parse through because just by its design, it's going to be hard to be a consistently highly ranked NFL coach, right? Because oh, yeah. theoretically you're on a more even playing field. Yes. You don't have control over your personnel like you do in college. Yeah. Um, you're going to have some years where the pieces come together. What, some years, oh, your left tackle got hurt. You're fucked. Sorry, that's it. Uh, and you'll always get fired. Like like every 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 coach always gets fired multiple times. That's a great point. And so it's just it's just it's just a little food for thought when you're just it's like the difference between the twentieth best offense in the NFL and the eighth best offense yes. in the NFL is marginal. Exactly. While the difference between the eighth, you know, if you're gonna go by scale, there's hundred thirty teams in college football, the difference between the eighth best offense and the eightieth is miles. And so much of it goes back to roster to me, because with college, like Linehan will have a team that is going to be pure, purely talent-wise better than the majority of the teams that he will face. How many times <laughs> yeah, can you say that? How many times can you say that as an NFL coach? That's true. Like you, you can't. A lot of times, it's, it's normally like some more like 50-50. So, and that's not even us saying pro Linehan or or negative Linehan. It's just like no, this is just it's me, just saying the, don't yes. use. Yeah, these are like philosophical musings that yeah. just the Linehan that's hiring here. made me engage with that I've never really because I've been very critical of stuff like the Sarkeesian hiring stuff in the past at Alabama and making fun of it, but like Sarkeesian still had a lot of success on at you know as the OC at Alabama and stuff and. It's just, just like I said, food for thought for anybody out there. Um, now, 
So we covered our analytics, covered the S&P Plus, uh, a little hoops, Brody, back on the beat. Your LSU beat writer bringing you the game recap so you know and love so much. Uh, Brody, you're doing a hoop story, or you did one. You published one. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously it's off-season mode, so we have a little free time. So, yeah, they asked me if I want to do some basketball stuff, and, you know, I'm a Jersey guy and an Indiana alum. I like me some basketball. That's, yeah, man. So I said, yeah, sure, why not? So it's, it's an interesting LSU season. So, yeah, I had a story run this morning kind of breaking down the, the number one question, which is like, is this LSU team any good? Yeah, because that, that, it's, <clears throat> it's a team that won 10 games in a row, but that whole time they were winning those 10 games, it was kind of ugly and like... They did not. They look, were close games. They didn't look like a great team during those ten wins, and we'll wait amidst that. And then now they lost three of four, and things look really bad. But I'd also say they actually probably don't look as bad as those three or four wins are losses are. No, I mean it's just like it's like you said. It's a bit of the math gods catching up with them. <laughs> exactly. They, they, it's a bit of like the law of averages just coming to claim what is theirs because you lose that Auburn game barely. Uh, the Vandy game is just, I mean, that's one of those inexcusable kind of throw it in the garbage losses. You just blew that. And then, and then Alabama, right? I mean, Alabama, you fought back and you lost a close one. Um, but that is the question. I mean, I like how Rabelais laid it out in the advocate today. This is a championship referendum. Like today's game. It's huge. Just from a math standpoint, will is like, if you win this game, you're back in a three-way tie for first place. In I don't agree with that though. Oh, well, I agree with well, that. It's, math, it's, literally, it's, a, it's a champion. <laughs> he's saying it just in terms of winning the SEC oh, sorry. regular yeah. season championship. Not about what you can go on doing a tournament, nothing like yeah. that. They are defending regular season champs. If they want that title again today, you have to win because if you lose, you're two games back with five yeah. left to play. It, it's just too much of a hill to climb. Yeah, and I think the thing I, I my thing is I'm not arguing with you now. I'm just saying it out loud. But yeah. like, I don't think. Tonight's game will really change that much, in my opinion, just because like I think a home win can be a little misleading. Like a lot of like I think LSU is pretty great at home, and I'm like, if they beat. By the way, they're two point favorites tonight. So like even though Kentucky's number ten, look way. Oh better. wow, really? Yeah, and I think what what kind of what I try to get at my article too is that I think that's kind of a point of what this college basketball season is. Aside from aside from maybe Baylor, San Diego State, Dayton. And Gonzaga, maybe. Wow, I haven't watched any college. <laughs> it's been, and even those teams don't have good schedules, so you're, you're even unsure about those. Yeah. But it's a bizarre year in that it's unclear if anybody's great. Yeah. It's this thing where, like, the number five team to the number 40 team all could look great on a given night and look terrible on a given night. Which is good because in chaos, you know, <laughs> chaos, the, the ladder of it chaos. It is a ladder. I don't know if you've heard. You can climb. People have been saying. Shout out Littlefinger. <laughs> so, yeah, my point is, like, I don't think you can tell anybody's good, and that 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 betting line kind of is proof of that. The number ten team is an underdog, but yeah, LSU. I think what we're going to find more about is can this team finally learn to win on the road? You know, things like that. Because I don't think a big home win is going to mean much. But that's a long tangent. But it is. But it is. But it is. Tonight is like it is I the know. it is the proverbial fork in the road of are you going to spend these last few games trying to win another banner or are you going to spend these last few games just trying to make a better resume yeah. for the tournament? And so there is a lot on the line tonight. And, and just from a confidence standpoint, you want to talk about how to erase the bitterness of a of a three out of four uh, little skid here? Go beat Kentucky, right? I mean, you beat Kentucky, the number 10 ranked team in the country. It's great for the resume. It's great for everything. You're back at the championship. You're on the road at South, then you're on the road at South Carolina. You should win that, even though it'll probably be a better game than people realize. You're on the road against Florida. That's probably a toss-up. Then you should yeah. beat A&M. Yes, if Florida LSU has taught us anything on the court, it's that it is absolutely a toss-up. Like, theoretically, LSU should win four of their final six. That's basically what I'll say, in one form or another. I don't know if that's good enough to win the SEC, 
Well, and last year they were probably in a similar situation, but then they just kept pulling it off. They pulled off the Tennessee Absolutely. win. They pulled off the Kentucky win. Uh, so let's let's Florida. So let's let's see what they can do here. It's just been a fascinating year because I think going into the season, my guess would have been this would have been a great three point defense team. Yeah, because <laughs> it basically, obviously, LSU last year was very big. It was all about their size. They kind of played a slow pace bully ball kind of offense, and they had a great defense. Their shot block numbers were crazy. All that. And this year it was obviously smaller but longer lineups, a lot of athleticism. You know, basically you could try out lineups where everybody's somewhere in the six four to six nine range, and they're long. And you would think that would mean better perimeter defense, but LSU is number two hundred forty three in the country in three point defense. Yeah, Will Wade is not <laughs> happy about if, it. When you look at their Ken Palm, uh, which is for those of you who don't know, Ken Palm is the like, absolute. That's what I put in my hair, ab- right? <laughs> Uh, nah, we're having a good time here. We like that fun, <laughs> but that is like the clear like everyone knows the best analytics to go by for college basketball. They're number one hundred seventy four in a defense, but they're number three in offense. Offense has been good and good this year. No, I mean the offense is incredible. <laughs> so they're incredible at getting in line. Uh, they'll they they they're very good. Uh, they're a very good rebounding team. They, yeah. Ironically, though, in the age of threes and layups to be number three in the country when you're terrible at shooting threes. Like 263 in the country. It's kind of point. funny. Like, that's such a statistical <laughs> anomaly there. Yeah. No, it's true, though, because they, they get to the line, like you said. They get good looks at two-pointers really well. So I think what's going to help their defense, of course, you got to add in the fact that between Charles Manning and Marlon Taylor, both of them have missed 10 and 8 games, respectively. So that's basically you've been – that's 18 yes. games you've been yeah. without your two, your two best defenders in one form or another. And Will Wade talked really in depth about this yesterday, and I found it really interesting that basically teams are, you know, it's like when Marlon Taylor and Charles Manning are on the floor, Manning's going to guard the best one or two, and Taylor's going to best guard the best three or four. When Manning's out, you know, do you, your options are do you try to put Taylor on the best one or two and kind of put him in a tough situation because he, he can get beat around him by athleticism, then you have to give him some space, then they start having open threes because you're giving him space, mm. or do you keep ta- Taylor down on a three and four, but you put... For what happened with Vanderbilt, they put like an Andre Hyatt at the two, and you put some guys who aren't as good defensively at the top, and you get dominated. So I think now that you're having both, they're both healthy, that's going to be huge defensively. And But the fascinating thing is, and, and Wade was really open about this, was he said, I think Vanderbilt opened the book on us a little, a little bit and showed everyone. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> I, he, he, he'll give you some bites. Oh, he's very transparent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, about certain things. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, Allegedly, you bums! Catch us! Listen to the tapes! Yeah, play the tapes, Dickie V. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and he was saying that you know, ever since that Vanderbilt game, everyone's been doing the same thing, and it's basically they just attack the same two yeah. to three people. It's pretty clear one of them, the people he's referring to is Emmett Williams. And he basically, he wouldn't name names, but he was talking about a different plan. He said, and this guy who never knows where he's supposed to be yeah, on I defense. He didn't say his name, but if you use the context, <laughs> like, oh he was talking about Emmett Williams. Oh, man. Uh, using it, we, 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 uh, the Athletic has access to Synergy, uh, tracking data and all that stuff, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. And Emmett Williams is the only player on the team who's labeled as just poor defensively about the defensive rating. Oh, wow. <laughs> But it's been interesting, and, and he was saying it's not even like those guys are the ones giving up the basket. It's just that team attacks them, then that puts LSU in rotation. They're behind the play, and all of a sudden the team gets an open three. Another big thing on the three-point thing that I found interesting, and I'll let you go, is that basically he was saying they have such a thin rotation right now that they have to be very fearful of not getting in foul trouble. Yes. And because of that, they have to play off-ball defense, and all of a sudden you know your options are 
you play closer and maybe you foul more, or you play back and give better threes, and that's kind of what's happening. So that's a little LSU basketball talk. <laughs> I just realized that maybe this wasn't most well thought out on my part because this game will be tonight. And so if you listen any day after the day of this recording, then well, you're going to be like, they just talked a lot of LSU Kentucky. I, like, what the fuck? I, we don't talk Kentucky that much. That's true. That's fair. We talk like stu- more Most of the stuff we said is going to stand before and after this game. Well said. Well said. Okay. So uh, <laughs> last thing here on the docket today, although I will say this, I love basketball. I'm always, I don't really like NCAA basketball. I've gotten a little more into it ever since Will Wade. But I am a huge NBA guy, and I cannot wait for the Pelicans' final uh, portion of the season. A lot more games so I can get back from Mardi uh, Gras stuff. Oh, dude, it's going to be so sick. I mean, Zion's so good. David Griffin came out and quote-tweeted Scott Kushner article talking about how Josh Hart is an unheralded but integral cog to what they want to do. So giving you a little Josh Hart love. It's a great article I read by Christian Clark from The Advocate who talks about Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram does year-round two-a-days. Like, if the Pelicans don't have a game that day, he goes to practice in the morning, does the thing, then he comes back that night and, and, and practices on Just his own. Just keep his again. body training for night games? Just shooting, handles, whatever. Uh, I'm very excited for basketball here as we enter March. It's going to be a ton of fun. And Pelicans are built to be good for a long time. I know. And that's what's exciting. David Griffin. It's one of the most masterful one-year GM jobs I've ever seen. How about the fact that you traded AD and you got an all-star wing in the trade when everybody in the fucking world once an all-star wing. It's unbelievable. And Lonzo Ball is fantastic. I love watching yes, Lonzo Ball play. The me night. too, dude. It's crazy. He's my kind of basketball because it's not even like – there's this thing where sometimes people think like a guy's a great passer because the assist numbers are really high. And like, but it can sometimes be like a Rajon Rondo type or like those guys who are just ball dominant and like have to like maneuver the play their own way. And I then, had – look, I have some love for Rondo. That, oh, that Pell's playoff run. I love Rondo. Yeah, that Pell's playoff run. He, uh, he plays beat. defense. He plays hard. I love yeah. Rondo. I'm just saying like it can be a little misleading when a guy like dominates the ball for 20 seconds, manipulates the play, and then gets the assist. Or Russell Westbrook's the best example of that. <laughs> Lonzo's my kind of basketball where, and everyone's really, but where he's a great passer, but not in, like, I need an assist way. It's just he'll hold the ball for half a second and then get it to the smartest guy immediately. Yeah, he sees things. He's starting to see things before they develop, <laughs> and like he, as they're getting their chemistry down. He probably would lead the NBA or behind the NBA in, like, the assist leading to an assist. You know, stuff like that. Ah, he's, yes. It's not the, the assist. It's just a smart pass. So him, this team, everyone passes well. It's it's, it's, it's it's so fun wild, to watch. Man. It's pretty wild. They're getting better and better. I'm excited to see. Did you? It, and actually, that's why I named Lonzo. I did a Pelicans to Avengers comparison, and I made Lonzo a in my universe a young Tony Stark, like a young field general, kind of find his way. And yeah, see, look, your reaction. See, I'm, I'm not sure. A I lot see of it. people are not seeing it. He's the field general. Okay. Iron Man is not the strongest. He's not the he's not the most clever. Like Iron Man is not the most of anything. He is just uh, he, he's a little bit of everything, but he is the leader of that crew. Lonzo has to be the kind See, of floor general on this basketball team. This might not work, so bear with me. I'm just kind of talking out of my head. I feel like J.J. Redick is. J.J. <laughs> Redick is fucking Hawkeye, okay? A regular human. Don't be a basic bitch. A regular guy human as a shoot. sharpshooter. <laughs> Don't he's just Hawkeye. be like, he oh, he like... shoots, so he's Hawkeye. That's no, a basic No, it's thing. not. No, it's not. It goes beyond just a, the, the deadly accuracy. Let me go. J.J. Hey, Redick looks like a normal human being out there. Hawkeye. Guy but JJ Reddick, human being having to hang out with superheroes. But J- JJ Reddick doesn't even start. He can't be Iron Man, you idiot. Hear me out. 
God damn you. JJ Reddick's like the really smart, snarky, really funny, witty guy on the team. You're getting too personality based. And he's also like kind of like the leader in terms of like he's the veteran everyone kind of goes to. I know that's what he was with the Sixers and whatnot. Yeah. I like him as a Tony Stark in terms of just how like his role of personality and all that goes with the team. Oh yeah, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I for, I must have forgotten the part where uh Tony Stark comes off the bench. Let me okay. You idiot. You lose all let me guess, are you gonna say that Zion's the Hulk? Yeah, that just takes the fun out of everything. Why is Zion not the Hulk? Raw power? Like, nobody's more powerful, still a bit unrefined? Like, what are you talking about? How is he not the Hulk? What do you want him to be? Thor. Black Widow? Thor. No, Derek Favors is Thor. He's your more seasoned, other hyper-powerful. Why? Uh, again, he starts. <laughs> Who are you putting as Thor? You have to choose someone. You can't have no Thor in the crew. I said, you, you have to choose people to be these roles. Yeah, but I'm looking at it through like a... I understand, okay, the JJ one, I understand all of your criticism of, but I think it needs to be like, who are the three main Avengers? It's uh, The three main Avengers are Iron Man, Thor, and Captain America. Those are the core three, and then other ones may have become uh, bigger. Iron over Man and Captain America, for sure. <laughs> oh, I think Thor's definitely one of the other Thor's core ones. Definitely, no, I, you know, I think Spider-Man is uh, you, bigger than you're, Thor. I'm talking about over the course of the last 12 years of the MCU, those have been the three core main characters, and other people maybe have gotten bigger and more popular and all those things. When you're talking about like the story structure of all like the twelve last twelve years, those are the three. There's no you can't really argue that. I just feel that Thor. Those are the three that have gotten three movies. Those are the ones that are like the the ones who like in Endgame are the ones who had to come get everyone back, and then they're basically except for Thor not done. Thor, not Thor. <laughs> you get my point. No, no, those I have been the point. core to the story the whole time. I think you're throwing Thor in a group that doesn't belong. Oh, and he's I think absolutely. it's always been Captain America and Iron Man. That's just not true. <laughs> <laughs> they're the only ones that have three movies. No, I agree with you. Look, I, I. I Yes. Well, now, how many movies is Spider Man up to now? Two. Just the two solos, and then and then his first appearance in uh, Civil War. But Spider Man, whatever. Currently, it is Spider Man's bigger. So that's why my analogy again works because Brandon Ingram. I think Ingram Spider Man. That I would agree with. Yes. He's the up and comer. I mean, yep. I know Zion's younger, but he's like the breakout guy this yep. year. A that's lot of a lot of potential <laughs> yeah. in him. He's Spider Man, no doubt. Gangly. No argument. Covers that. a lot of ground. I'm not arguing that. Who's Drew Holiday? Um, Captain America. Captain America. That works oh, for me. Exactly. See, we're at least agreeing on some things now. Now here's the I real just question. think calling favors Thor is a huge mistake because Hulk actually is the one who's like he's never a main character. He's really important. But he's not like a main character. No, bro, but nobody's stronger than Hulk. Nobody is stronger than Hulk. Nobody. Nobody. Like, when Hulk wants to fuck something up, now Thanos did actually wreck Hulk, and that was pretty awesome. I know that. But nobody is stronger than Hulk. But, that is Zion. But you, you're, you're acting like you don't even remotely have to factor in also their place in the story. No, you do. I, I'm saying, how does Zion's place not emulate... Uh, Thor's established. Thor's been in this game. Mm. He's a salty vet. He's been collecting trophies for Asgard for like thousands. Sounds a rookie. Derek, exactly. So Zion can't be Thor. He can't be Thor. He's the Hulk. He's raw. Yeah. Oh. Within a human lifetime, he has just yeah, turned into the Yeah, but he's definitely not the professor that's been around for a long time and like is struggling to come Bruce to Banner turn. hasn't been around for a long time. He's a normal human. Thor's a god that has existed for thousands of years. Your point there Derek works. Favors a vet. But Thank favors you. works better because first off, favors is a huge. Wait, I'm, I still don't agree with you. Don't don't <laughs> just guess. Derek favors. I think you underestimate what favors is. His whole reputation is he's this like massively strong hulky rebounder who like and defender who like can't really score much, can't really shoot anything much like anything like that. But he is just like the Hulk down low. No, that's Thor. No, no, he's like he's like this other Bash bro. Hulk can do. I mean, Thor can do almost everything. Yeah. I, okay, we're 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 getting we're we're obviously not. Thor is more important than. Hulk any day of the week. That's why Zion needs to be Thor. Okay, so Thor's more important than Hulk, even though 
uh, the Hulk uh, basically won Avengers Endgame for them. Yes. Didn't he? I haven't seen Endgame in a while. I, I don't like see how the Hulk, Hulk did like that the at Hulk all. Did some pretty he, important I, shit. I mean, he was important, but I don't see how you can say he he didn't. He was no part of the ending. He of that. had glasses on, <laughs> and he was really smart in that movie. He was great. That's like Zion in five years. You're getting into Gray Hulk territory, where it's like a sentient thinking Hulk. Right now, I just think he's really just wrong. operating off pure athleticism. Hulk can't fly. He can jump buildings. Who else can jump like crazy? Zion's a Hulk. I'm not arguing about this anymore. Oh, I know. Your right. favors is Thor. Here's the only way you're making the best player the sixth most important character. The the, the only the the only way. See, this is where no, you are betraying your understanding of the Hulk. You think the Hulk is the sixth or seventh most important Avenger? You're a fucking moron. Black Panther and Spider Man have become more important than. Oh my god! How can you argue that? Nah, okay, okay, no, no, no. Let's take out the basketball stuff. Let's take all this out. Let's actually do this. Give me your ranking of like the essential pieces of the story. I guess I I think you have a very big, even aside from the Zion stuff. I think you have a very big like misremembering of like how crucial Thor is to like everything. Um. Well, I just Iron Man's one, Captain America two, no doubt about that. I don't get Thor vibes from Zion anyway at all. I just don't get Thor vibes. Huge bulky god. No, no, that it's just it's just Hulk. It's just it's just Hulk to me. Also, maybe my Hulk takes my Hulk takes my Hulk <laughs> takes are probably a bit infected by the fact that he, even he though I grew up like a DC Hulk. fan, my brother grew up a big Marvel fan, and he used to like Hulk. And so I've read like if I've read any Marvel, I've read a lot of Hulk. And so maybe I'm big Hulk bias, but. The bottom line is that nobody's more powerful than Hulk, and nobody's more powerful than Zion. That's and funny. That's a I actually think Thor is the most powerful. No, no, no. Hulk would beat Thor's ass. He's a god. Yeah, I know. But Hulk, Hulk he can could rain still beat thunder his ass. and shit like that. Did he beat his ass in uh, in Ragnarok? Who yeah, won but that that's fight? when he like he was holding. That's maybe, when you know, he was you could stri- argue Thor was holding back a bit. Yeah, when he it was that when he was like stripped of all his stuff and all that, and like I, I view didn't them, have his hammer, all these things. I view them as the the old. Superman versus um, Captain Marvel fight where, well, I mean, they say that Captain Marvel's magic, so he's the only one who can kind of get Superman at all, but at the end of the day, Superman will always win. Like, if it comes down to pure strength, Superman's going to always win. If it comes down to pure strength, the Hulk will always win. See, I don't know if I agree there. Okay. Well, we're, we're he's all these extra dis- powers. Now, now, we're getting, now, we're getting, now we're getting bogged down. We're going to agree to disagree okay, on so the no, Hulk. Okay, iron. so who's your three? Who's your third most important uh, Avenger? And I'm talking about over the last in 12 the years. In the movie universe. In the 12 years of movies. As it stands right now. Well, not after Endgame. I'm saying over the course of the 12 years. Uh, I'm not arguing Spider-Man's yeah, high. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, Thor, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, Thor, yeah. third, for sure. For it's sure. It's a huge part of the story. But that's not. But that's not how we're doing these rankings. He's that's the one who like had almost took down Thanos, all that stuff. But if we're, but see, okay. But now we're gonna have to get into weird real life stuff where the what what movie what was the okay what was the movie that launched all this this superhero movie craze or one of the movies that launched it right after Spider Man was the next character they made after Spider Man was the next character. What did Ang Lee make? Oh, Thor. I mean, I'm Hulk. Sorry. My Thank Hulk. you. Okay. When they started the MCU after Iron Man. What was the first movie they made? My hands raised. Yes, that I. That's a fair point, but He's I. What did they make? They made the Hulk. But that's not. And who was the Hulk? Hey, Eric Banner. <laughs> no, 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 no. And 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 the Ang Lee one he was, but then Edward Norton was. But because Edward Norton didn't want to do the MCU thing, yeah. there were no more Hulk movies being made. Well, so you trying to say that no. because Thor had three solo movies, he's more important is flawed logic. They immediately went to Hulk. Didn't go to Thor first. No, they went to Hulk. Let me let me go. 
<laughs> this is where my movie nerd has to come out. This was Chef's Kiss. <laughs> no, because those early movies were pre like MCU, pre like Marvel being a huge stock thing in movies, and movies, and pre like there being this orchestrated plan. So that was ba- that wasn't a time when it was like, all right, the, I don't think there was like mar- like real Marvel experts strategically calling the shots of like, let me get, let me finish. Like I don't think this was a time where it was like, all right, and our next one's gonna be Hulk. I think that was Ang Lee was one of the biggest movie makers in the world. No, 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 Ang Lee hey. before Iron Man. <laughs> Where you were talking about two separate movies here. I'm not talking about Ang Lee Hulk. I'm saying Ang Lee Hulk, that's just okay. a show. That's just no, a show that Hulk my, is super important. <clears throat> I know, but my point there is like, I just think that's more of like these filmmakers are filmmakers are fascinated by the character of the Hulk, so they keep making Hulk movies because that's a like that's a perfectly made movie character. Like if you're like a movie nerd, but I'm not saying that means he's like a crucial part of the MCU. But he is. <laughs> that, 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 but he is. Of course he's the crucial. But he's Batman not more Superman crucial than get Thor. First billing, then why did he get the movie okay, before Thor, Thor? Is like the side thing because like it's hard, it's possible to write around Thor and the Avengers, like to write around that. It's like he's just the guy that sometimes goes crazy and does shit, while like Thor's like everything about him is an essential part of the story. I know. <laughs> You're missing the mark here. Then when the Marvel Universe started, they went Iron Man and then they went Hulk for a reason. No. It's just that Edward Norton backed off. That was not part of the MCU. Yes, I'm literally listening Edward to an Norton, interview no. with him. This is actually a weird timing. Edward I'm Norton literally Hulk, listening. Edward Norton Hulk has a post-credit stinger with Samuel L. I know, because that's just called they're having fun with it. But like You're gonna you're you are now claiming that the Edward Norton Hulk is not a part of the he is technically, but that was not the part of the plan when they made that movie. Yes. Oh, I so literally, okay. this is actually even, bizarre timing. I am I literally, you, I drove here this I morning listening to, to you're not, you don't like to listen when you're mad. I know. I literally drove here listening to Edward Norton's Mark Marin WTF interview. And he literally, and they started talking about like why he didn't join the MCU and all that stuff. And he literally was talking about like, when we were that making that movie, there was no MCU plan. There was no extended universe plan. That was just that us. That he making- was aware of. <laughs> He, because he was actually going to lead his own little like trilogy out of it. He had all these plans for it. They just weren't really feeling. Yeah, they had design. a contract. They had contract disputes, right? <laughs> yeah, all these things happened. But like he even says, they were not making that movie when there was any concept. Iron Man wasn't yeah, made with MCU you plan. Say, you can't say any concept. You cannot say any concept when they have a post-credit stinger. <laughs> That directly leads into other MCU movies. They have Easter eggs all throughout the Hulk that lead to other MCU movies. Have you considered that might have been made in post production? Because like that's when they started realizing that shit was happening. It, 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 that doesn't matter. What does that matter? What does that matter? The point is that they viewed that as one of the core Marvel characters. How did was you get, create how do you get that universe. from that? Out of everything I just said, how do you get they viewed that as? They, it wasn't even part of because it. Because they went Iron Man and then they went Hulk. And it is part of it. No. It is part of it. What the how? Uh, they, they made Iron Man. This was not part of the MCU yet. They made it part of it, but that was not part of like the MCU plan yet. Go, go, Iron Man was made. Iron Man was a huge fucking success. As Iron Man was becoming a success, Thor, I mean, Hulk go. was already in planning. They make that, and then as Iron Man becomes one of the biggest successes of the year, that's when the MCU plan when happens. When Iron Man came out, when they were on the press tour for Iron Man, they were talking about well what if we made like a whole universe and then like the yeah. people that played like these different movies they yes. could be like in the avengers together that's correct so how hulk. is that not a part of the mcu maybe it wasn't as hulk was already as being it made now now it, it, maybe it wasn't as codified hulk was already being made but to say that that idea didn't exist yet when they put easter eggs all throughout <laughs> the movie that would go on to lead to other movies yes no yes look up hulk mcu easter eggs okay okay wow Wow. Okay, let's let's take it down a notch. This this is the way that's going to settle everything because we obviously have major disagreements when it comes to the character of the Hulk. Who is Ant Man? Oh, she's on the Pelicans. Do you know who, who's your pick? It's the most appropriate one. Yeah, I just no one's coming to mind right now. Who is it? Josh Hart. Yeah, that works. 
Credible, likable. Yeah. Funny. Um, not, you know, not spectacular, but like just a, a hell of a solid teammate. Like He'd be a good Star-Lord solid, too. Oh most, no, because the teammate stuff matters. Most yeah. solid ass teammate that you can have. It's like good. Not great. Not bad. But good. Who's Star-Lord? Um, I don't count him in the Avengers. I don't count Guardians as a part of the Avengers. Guardians I get, I get already, your point, but I'm just Guardians are a separate group. If you try to throw the Guardians in the Avengers right now, I will, I will fight. We'll fight in this podcast. They arrived the same time as Spider-Man did. How does that not work? Because <sighs> Spider-Man, what, what do you mean? Spider-Man literally gets handed the crown by Tony Stark. I know, I'm just the saying, Guardians like, their own crew. They're flying around space. Oh no, I'm I'm fine with that. But I'm saying, like, not everybody who showed up at the end of Endgame is a part of the Avengers, unless you're counting like full Just League Unlimited. So I'm talking do you about not consider core, Black Panther an Avenger, but a core roster. Do you think Black Panther is an Avenger? It's an interesting question. Yeah, I just think they're like you're free. I mean, like I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think that's that, okay. If that's because he hasn't yeah. been in a, he hasn't been in like uh, we're in the. Has he been in like we're? In, I, and I want to rewatch the, the, the I want to rewatch the end war. I mean, saga he's a huge war. part of obviously uh, of uh, no, he's a Infinity massive war. part. But 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 Infinity War and Endgame are less Avengers movies and more. This is a Marvel is MCU universe camp, right? movie. You know what I'm saying? Uh, my last thing I'd say though they're is they're not like intimate teams. <laughs> and movies. this is just food for thought. I don't even really disagree, but. The entire plot of the entire MCU stems from Guardians of the Galaxy characters. Like the whole Thanos thing, all of that is. I'm not saying I even. Yeah, no, for sure, yeah. for sure, for sure. But that doesn't mean that you're part of the same group. It's That's like, fine. Yeah. It's like in DC, you got, uh, you got, I mean, you got, you got all kinds of different groups that I'm blanking on right now. What is it? Dooms, uh, whatever, whatever. That's. I'm just bummed because Guardians are by far my favorite. That's my uh, favorite. It's great. I love Guardians They're, too. But I feel like that's a separate conversation. That's fine. Where yeah. it's like, okay. Zion, Zach, uh, Zion is Drax the Destroyer. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, Does he have family who is issues? Star Lord in this situation. If you're doing the Pelicans, um, mm, see, it's not going to fit as well. There's no great one. Yeah, yeah, no, not not like my. Ooh, also. but who would be? Uh, oh my God, I'm feel terrible. Rocket. Well, Rocket is probably a little easier, actually. No. Um, oh my God, I'm a terrible person. The the female character. Oh, Ahura. No, no, that's Star Trek. <laughs> Oh God! I f- uh, are we Texas? Uh, Zoe Saldana. Yeah, I know it's Zoe Saldana. <laughs> but I, like, I love her. I see. I actually don't like her character that much. I think it gets better as the movies go. Yeah, um, I don't like her character that much. If I'm being completely honest. It's man, she sacrifices Gamora. <laughs> that, Gamora. 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 Close, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I don't. But who would be Gamora? Because actually, she's like the most talented. Like, does it all of all of them? Um, I mean, Drew's kind Drew of a, a silent Gamora. killer. He's got a little, he's very, well, but no, maybe, actually Ingram probably gives me more Gamora vibes almost. Swiss Army Knife kind of thing. Well, Swiss Army Knife thing, but also she's very kind of stoic a little bit. I feel like you don't see Ingram, you don't see a lot of personality out of Ingram. He just goes out there and, and does his job. But whatever, I don't think the Guardians things work. So my Avengers things worked. I'm excited for the Pelicans. Damn, how did we get here? Sorry, I'm, I'm still worked up about all that. Um, Are there any other Avengers we haven't done? Okay, so Drew's Captain America. Lonzo is young Tony Stark in my universe. Fine. Complicated relationship with his father. Ton of, pre- <laughs> ton of pressure on him his entire life. I like life. how you cherry pick which times you want to use the <laughs> personality <laughs> stuff. You're like, oh, no, it works. I'm like, oh, now you're using it. Uh, so so then young Tony Stark is Lonzo. Okay. Um, Spider-Man is, is Ingram. Uh, Hawkeye is Reddick. Ant-Man is Hart. Favors is Thor. Zion is Hulk. That, that to me, is the core Avengers roster. I don't, I don't give we a shit. We just really disagree just, on that. At all, I don't give a shit. No, Vision's vision. terrible. But then David Griffin's Nick Fury. Oh, definitely. Um, Swin Cash is Maria, uh, whatever yeah. her name is. Yeah. And Trajan Langdon is uh, Agent Coulson. 
So there you go. R.I.P. Yeah, there you go. Oh, is he dead? Doesn't he die in Avengers? Yeah, I think so. I don't know, dude. The first I, I got to rewatch the Marvel yeah. movies if I'm being completely I know, I'm finally getting my girlfriend into them. Like, I'm like, I started with Guardians. I'm going to slowly convince her to become a Marvel fan. I want to rewatch just because the Dolby Vision stream is so good on Disney+. Plus. I do want to rewatch uh, Infinity War and Endgame. Um, I had planned to talk some XFL here. We have gone over. Go uh, Defenders. Any thoughts? Yeah, on- we'll just let our fans know that I have decided I'm a DC Defenders fan. Okay. And how- I decided it Wednesday. I texted you, so it's not post after they just whooped the Guardians. How was XFL week one for you? Well, I watched week one a little bit. But, but like, you know, yeah. wait, now, that you, oh, now that you're a lifelong Well, the fan. only game I, like, truly dove into was Guardians Defenders, and... Oh my god, it was a blast because that was the whole Matt McGloin game and like him just being on the sideline <laughs> shitting on his co- his own OC in the middle of a game. Oh like, I live for this. Oh, it was beautiful. He literally I- said we need to change <laughs> the entire game plan going into halftime. Unbelievable. I'm a big XFL guy. It's a great product. It's really easy to watch. It's just like it's a good television product. It's that simple. Like I, I, like I runs- said last week, it's a testament to the importance <laughs> of production value. Exactly, you nailed it. Yeah. Um, a tough loss for my Beahawks, but we'll be back. The Roughnecks are really good. They probably have the best quarterback in the league. Kind of looks like by a mile. Granted, I didn't watch as much. Uh, I didn't watch as much this week. Who's I mean, y'all's Cardale's Cardale, but he is makes he good. Just, he generally runs a good offense, but he just makes terrible decisions sometimes, which yeah. is what you'd expect. Yeah, Tommy ran into a little bit of that too with my Beahawks. Um, all right, so we'll continue talking XFL. Get in the comments. Tell Brody why he is wrong about his Zion's Avengers Thor. Takes. There's just no doubt about it. How the fuck do you get? Thor vibes from Zion. How? It just doesn't make He's any sense. He's a god. Oh, my God, dude. Oh, my God. You're so married to this idea of being a god. The Hulk would still beat Thor, and he's not a god. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're clinging to in the Thor Ragnarok thing where, like, they fight, and Thor's clearly, like, no, the super. No, I'm not. I'm just saying I, I'm clinging more to that. And In the Marvel Universe, it is understood that if push comes to shove, nobody beats Hulk. In terms of pure fighting, nobody beats Hulk. He's, he's the physically strongest, but I think Thor, he's been subdued by both Iron Man and Thor, it says. I'm looking at some online stuff right now. I think Thor is the most powerful. He <sighs> can literally summon lightning and all this shit. I love Thor, too. I mean, Thor's my guy, obviously. All that shit is right up my alley, but we just don't see eye to eye here. Y'all have a great day. It's the whole that podcast. Podcast. A lot of back. tension on the pod right now. We're, we're, <laughs> Right as we, the show begun with us announcing a marriage and it ends with a divorce. I mean, you tried to say that the <laughs> Edward Norton Hulk movie is not in the MCU. It is in it, but I don't think it was when they started production. Wow. It Un- became part of it. Unreal. Isn't that kind of the, that's like what most people view it as. It's part of it, but after the fact. So what does that matter? It's still part of it. So what the fuck are we talking no, about here? Okay, because the reason you were bringing it up was to like prove that it was like part of the core MCU. And I'm like... Yeah, it is. There's a reason they went Hulk right after Iron Man. He's a way now. Now the MCU made Thor a big deal, but traditionally Hulk is a way more famous superhero. Than he is, Thor, yeah. Than Thor, His, yeah, yeah, and thus a more critical part of the MCU. But we're talking stuff. about the last twelve years of movies. Well, then it's Spider Man now. Anyway, so you all have a great day. Right, I'm pissed off. <laughs> um, we'll see you next week. Subscribe to the Athletic. Buy your meat today, Bear Meats, and uh, we'll see you later. Later. Oh, rate and review too if you like it and share. Later.